0: Hi everyone, I'm Paola Diana and this is Unleashed, the Game Changers. Today our guest is a famous economist and she's the author of this incredible book, Women vs. Capitalism. Thank you Vicky Price for being here with us today. Well, thank you for inviting me. So Vicky, when I bought your book and I started reading it, I was very impressed. Because, of course, you know, I'm a feminist, I should know everything. (laughs) But I didn't know everything and a lot of this data made me really shiver. I was shocked by the deep, you know, unfairness of the economy towards, you know, women and also how many inequalities there are. Because it's very interesting when you uh, write about uh, the gender pay gap that it's not only what we see can you start telling us a little bit more about that and then of course we'll go deeper inside this problem and you will tell us the solutions you have.
1: It's really interesting, you started with the pay gap uh, because indeed that's the most confusing one of all. Yeah. Everyone is saying things have improved very significantly, look at the pay gap, it's come down from over 20% to something like sort of just under 8 or 9% now, well isn't that great? Uh, but of course there's huge amount of stuff that's hidden within it the question is why should there still be a pay gap of course that's number one yeah but number two is when you look at the figures and what it is that people are referring to it is usually full time employment so when you look at comparing what hourly wages for men in full-time employment with hourly wages for women in full-time employment indeed you get that actually the pay gap has increased a little bit during the pandemic but anyway um you get a figure of around eight percent um, just, it just depends how you calculate it, but it could be slightly higher. Yeah, That's okay Yeah, it's someone not, thinks it's not so bad, right? Yes, well, well it's not bad, but uh, as I said, what's the, yeah. why do we still have it? But nevertheless, if you look at that, and then you see that actually there are bigger differences because loads of women opt because of the difficulties there are, there are with childcare, which you have to pay an awful lot of money for, and also they quit the various high-profile jobs because of bias or sexism or long hours or whatever it is, um, they tend to then work part-time. And there are two issues there. First of all, if you look at the average difference that exists, which is both full-time and part-time, and then you compare that with then full-time and part-time, then the gap is immediately greater. It's 14% plus. In fact, in various years, it's been 18%. And that, of course, um, suggests that, and that hasn't really moved an awful lot either. Um, And the real worry is, which is underlying in the the figures, that part-time work per hour tends to get paid an awful lot less than full-time work per hour. And the gap is about 34%. Wow. So women tend to work a lot more part-time than the men because yes. of all the reasons that I just which mentioned, is, and many more. Which is a percentage in the UK, if it's, you remember? It's under 40%. It's now about mid-30s, but it was actually even higher before. But it's around that. Um, whereas for the men, I think only about just over 10% uh, work part-time. Sure. So very large percentage of women, so under 40%, um, which is quite a large number,
0: yeah.
1: work part-time. And they get this lower wage per hour. Yeah. And there are two interesting issues about this. First of all, if you move and work part-time from working full-time, the moment you start doing that, and lots of women, of course, start off working full-time, they're better educated now than men, yeah. they, they have good positions, the difference in wages is non-existent. In fact, if anything, you know, women earn more at the beginning of their career than the men. Then they have children, I mean, that's, that's one of the problems. But Or they leave for different reasons. Once you start working part-time, you start working. It's, it's almost invariably the case. At, you well, know, all right at the beginning, but basically you end up working in the longer term at least one level below your skill level, if not two, That's if not more. Uh, which really means that during your lifetime, not only do you not um, get the rewards that you should have got from all the investment you put into your but you education, go backwards. yeah, you go backwards, and you earn so much less than the men. Every year, so yeah. on average, women in the U.K., and it's very similar in other parts of Europe earn 30 percent more oh, 30 percent less yeah. than the men uh, every year. So if you then calculate that over the lifetime, you know it's, it's a, lot, it's of a lot of money money. Yeah. And the worrying thing about this, of course, is by the time you get to retirement age, yes, of yeah. course, depending on where you are in Europe, you may get a reasonable pension through the state. Hmm. Usually it isn't, course, usually it's not. as we know. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're in the U.S., it's different, but certainly not uh. in, in, in Europe. But of course, there are occupational pension schemes and everything else. But if you have been working part-time, first of all, you're quite likely not to have been on a, an occupational pension scheme anyway. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you end up by the time you start your retirement with your wealth being only a fifth on average than the men's. That's very sad. So, so you see this inequality yeah. happening through your lifetime and at the end of it unfortunately. And so there is women,
0: a huge pension gap.
1: Yes and women and live longer yeah. as, as we know yeah. and therefore they are more in danger of falling into poverty yeah. at old age than the average man. So this was the, the one element of it, how little they earn through their lifetime. And of course, it means they spend yeah. less, the government collects less taxes Of course. if they don't work. And also, as I suggested, the waste in-
0: education Talent.
1: In talent, which of course, reduces your productivity in the economy and everything else and prosperity and your children suffer and, all, and so on.
0: I couldn't agree more. And the other thing is how
1: exactly, even if you work full time, which is the previous gap we talked about, do you account for that gap? So the Office for National Statistics here in the UK does a sort of annual review of earnings and hours of work and all that sort of stuff and tries to, to disaggregate this difference that exists. So, you know, it looks at hmm, the sector you're in possibly, you know, your age. And interestingly enough, age works in favor of the women. In other words, the younger you are, the mm. more likely you are to actually yeah. be doing better than the men. And then it goes into reverse. So you need to look at that one that way. Um, so it's occupation. It's, you know, they look at all sorts of things. And the only bits they can, if they can add them all together, that can explain it, come up to a figure of just 36% of the gap. Where is the rest? Exactly. So what is the rest? I mean, that's the
0: really... It's the hiding. Way. It's hiding. Yeah.
1: So, so there are all sorts of suggestions. Could it be education? But the truth is that nowadays, women, girls get, exactly. get better educated yeah. than, than men. And that happens here in the US, across Europe to a very considerable extent. So it can't be that. So the only explanation that we can think of, therefore, though the ONS doesn't quite say that, but you know we all know what goes on mm. in businesses. I mean, after all, we've all had experience. And you see quite a lot of reports and loads of surveys that are done is that it's bias? It's both conscious and unconscious bias, yeah. and that is what needs to be addressed. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And also, I really like what you write in the book, that uh, you know, instead of having quotas for the boardrooms, so we should have quotas for the senior levels. Can you explain a little bit more about this concept? Well, quotas have been discussed for quite some time, but of course the quotas have tended to be for
1: the board. Yeah. There was this assumption that somehow or other if you have more women on boards, it's all going to be great. In Italy, we
0: have that, in fact. Yes.
1: And and in Germany, where, in fact, it's a requirement. I mean, there are actual more or less quotas in Germany, in the sense that it's been legalized, that you've got to have a certain percentage. The EU is trying now, under uh, Ursula von der Leyen, who is, of course, the European Commission president, um, that um, we should have it across the board, so all countries, should accept it as an EU uh, norm yeah. that you can have co- you have to have quotas in the boardroom. But even she is now saying that the boardroom perhaps isn't the answer. And and there are sorts of reasons for that. You can increase the number of women non-executive directors. You can find them somewhere or other. I mean, there are loads and loads of, of course. competent women. Yeah. They can come from abroad, possibly. But of course, they can be sitting on quite a lot of different boards. So one non-executive director in one board could have three or four so you have the same women sort of circulating and of course you know how often does a board meet well and yes they look at papers and so on it's bad enough being on top of the finances of, of an organization the idea that a woman on the board is actually going to change the culture of an organization which is what you need it's very difficult if you're going to get over all those biases mm-hmm. that i mentioned before and there are not just the biases, there are loads of constraints, and it's not just in the UK, of course, or in Europe, it's across the world, and there are tons of constraints, which we call in economics market failures, and if there is a market failure, you have to intervene, a little bit like with with women on boards. Why were there not women on boards before? Because the men never even thought about it. Why are there women on boards now? Because they've been more or less forced to do so. And even if there has been legislation saying it, but it's just targets, whereas I'm a great believer in quotas anyway, and I'll Me get too. into that in a minute, and I'm Absolutely. so glad to hear that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. But
1: you get named and shamed, and so you're encouraged to do it. But it is really the government's intervention that has got us to that point, and yes, you at least you've now got more women on boards, and that's good. And maybe they make a small difference. And of course, for anyone who looks at role models, ah, I can also be a board member. Where to be a board member? Obviously, you're going to have to, you know, do the right thing at university or whatever it is, and then, and then get the right experience. Maybe do, you know, be in the finance side or whatever it is. So it, at least it shows something to anyone who's starting their career or is thinking what to study. So it's not useless from that point of view it is good uh, it's good but it's only a little bit good in the sense that it doesn't really change anything fundamentally in in companies and and if you look at surveys that have been done um, of what uh, the the views of chairs of companies mostly men of course uh, have been of having women you know there was a survey done in the middle of this this Mm. sort of Uh, increase in the number of women in boards here which came out with some extraordinarily misogynistic and and very negative um, statements about women. I mean there were even statements that said, oh well it was it was they uh, will they understand what we're talking about you know and, oh, and, but the women, do they even want to be on boards? You know, and we have one, why do we need another? You know, that sort yes, of stuff. Yes, yes. Um, well, that is, of course, from an economic viewpoint, pretty bad because you don't have competition even for those boards if you exclude the whole, you know, I'm in favour of that. My view is that what you need to do is have quotas for one, you know, the, the, the executives. Yeah. Because if you look at boards, you find all the non-executives there. Very rarely do you have executives who well, are women yeah. on the boards as well, either CEOs or even CFOs, which is yeah. Chief Financial Officers. Sometimes, of course, you have the heads of um, HR, which is pretty common. Lots of women do that for some reason. But it is really rare to have positions there from within the company who are also on the board, so executives, and, and that's where the quota should be. I'm
0: very curious, Vicky. You've wrote it in your book. After that, did you try to convince someone in the government that this would be a good uh, strategy? And which is the answer, you got? Well, it's a very interesting question. I was working for the government when the first
1: targets for the boards were set up. And I was arguing then that we should A, have quotas, B, go further down. And I've even done debates with the minister who was putting this on. Uh, So we did a debate in the Financial Times, for example, a little while later. But um, the interesting thing about this whole quotas issue is that quite a lot of resistance had come from companies, obviously, which didn't want to be regulated. And the point I was making earlier was that every change in the position of women that has taken place, even when it's not quotas, but it's something else, has come through government intervention yes. because of these market failures that existed. Basically, yes. the market wasn't going to do it for ourselves. Yeah. So obviously, you're going to a company And you're expecting quite senior women in the company and men to accept the idea of quotas for uh, executive positions or any quotas, frankly. And of course, it's regulation. So imagine the HR head, usually a woman, say, yes, this is exactly what we want. We want quotas. Well, they probably lose their job. And this is what you found at the beginning. So the women, even more senior women, didn't want to accept at the beginning. Because they believe that look, if everyone says I've only come here because there's a quota, and it's because you I know, know I was favoured, it's a terrible, terrible oh thing. Oh my God! So, so to get resistance from women, really quite interesting. Yeah. What you find now is, given the very slow progress that has been made in terms of executive positions across Europe, I mean, if you look at uh, what's happening across the biggest companies which are traded in stock exchanges in in um, in, whole, the, in the EU, in the, yeah, EU but, what you find yeah. is that the percentage of non-execs mm. is incredibly low, sorry, of execs yeah. in on the boards is incredibly low and chairs of companies and, Absolutely. and also uh, CEOs, chief um, mm. executive officers, I mean that's really lacking. So it's very obvious that the, the improvement is incredibly slow and within organizations that bias is still there. Absolutely. And, and you need to do something about it, and one of the ways is to do that. Now, what to do the quotas? So what you find is that because it's taken so long, quite a lot of senior women now, who at the beginning when I wrote the book, because I've written another book just before this one, which was called A Small One, why women need quotas. That one was setting the scene, if you like. This book, Women Versus Capitalism, looks at the wider impact of women not being used in the right position, generally, uh, you tend to also hire people who are more like you. So, so if it's a man yeah, who is making senior. the choice,
0: yeah,
1: then so so another thing to look at, therefore, is is this bias because it is men who make those decisions to hire, you know, people at particular levels, and uh, there is indeed proof that you know if it's a man who makes the decision, it's more likely to be a man who is chosen and people have also raised the issue that because women haven't liked these quotas until they get quite senior and those who understand it are completely against the quotas now so there were loads of women I would talk to I was talking to when I wrote the first book who have been become complete converts, not because of what I've said because they have seen the slowness in this so what you find is that if you have a woman in charge she's more likely to have women as well in senior positions so if you therefore wanted to really change the culture of an organization because you know, women are being put off because of the sort of attitude that exists in an organization you find that you don't get the chance to be promoted as, as well as fast as the others because the choices are limited good. and if it is a man who makes those decisions or if it yeah. is somebody who really doesn't necessarily think that women should be around, or if the man who's making the decisions, because then many of them are terribly open and really has, have changed quite considerably, but if the women aren't there for them to choose,
0: yeah, exactly. then
1: how do you get to that position? So the way in which my idea of quotas would work is that you have these quotas for, for executive positions or for senior positions. Yeah. And those are legal quotas, depending on the sector, you have different quotas. How much you would put? Uh, 30% like oh, we have 40? 40, 50, if you possibly okay. can. And of course, there are some sectors which, which start from very small percentages. So you would be a little like bit Like finance. More. Yes. <laughs> You'd say, well, some companies have done reasonably well, but um, where you start with or, or you expect by a certain time to have, let's say, 35%. Yeah. Well. If you start from quite a low base, what you need to do is start creating a pipeline. So you need to keep the women who come in at the beginning. Yeah, You need to keep the men as well, but you need to keep the women who come in at the beginning. And then you need to make sure they are also represented in higher levels, because it's when you come to the point of executive positions or senior positions that you have to have enough choice around you to choose yeah. the right people. So my view in terms of how it can be constructed is that you don't say you know at the high level well yes we want to have these people there and and therefore we're going to choose a woman over a man or we're going to pinch this person from somewhere else so therefore we meet our quotas no you need to do it over a period of time and you do it through creating this pipeline which means that at every level further down you have to change the culture to ensure these people stay these women stay of course um but if you change the culture for the women so more, more flexible flexibility. time, exactly. of course. Yeah. We've seen how we've all behaved yeah. in COVID. We've seen how the men have come yeah. along in a very big way. They yeah. want flexibility, they share, as well they, they, yes. they
0: have a better lifestyle. With they have a better is. lifestyle. Yeah.
1: And my view is also that if you do it for women, of course, there is a whole issue of, uh, you know, what do you do about uh, you know, women from various ethnic minorities, so which is mm. harder even for them. But if you change your culture to allow for that flexibility for the, the majority of the population, yeah. then you change the culture in such a way that it affects positively the rest as well. So when yeah. people say, what about the sort of minorities in there? Why are you talking about, you know, women uh, who just the female of the species? who, of course, you know, if you're, if yeah, you're but also black, for example, or anything we else... We are the having, majority then, of
0: the population. <laughs> yeah, you
1: have more more, yeah. more problems. Yeah. Uh, the intersectional thing, as they call it. Absolutely correct. Mm. One should be aware of that, too. And so maybe, and in fact, I think definitely, there should also be diversity quotas of that sort. But, mm. of course, what we've done certainly here in the UK, and I think it's happening in other places in, in Europe as well, is... Uh, looking at the differences in pay between men and women, yeah,
0: um,
1: and that has shown the point you were making earlier that a lot of it is due to the seniority of the men. So you have yeah. gaps at the top. Uh, but it would also be very useful if we have it in in terms of you know the the sort of ethnic. Do we or have diversity. the data for this or yes, not? Yes, yes, yes. There's yeah. a lot. I mean, companies all have mm. that. And uh, you can still have it in an anonymous way, but you, you certainly can produce that. And there is a push now to do that. And I think it's a good idea. At least you get an idea of what's happening and the way in which some people are discriminated against. Because I think that's pretty bad in any case. So, the, the, and it has the same impact as the one I have in the book. So it's not that we think that, you know, let's just focus on women only, um, and that would be great for the economy. There's so much talent generally that is lost if you have on top of it all sorts of other issues which act as constraints in terms of Of reaching your your, Mm. uh, potential. And that's pretty bad for the economy. So you're losing talent, losing competition, losing the opportunity for these people to come up. And you have to have government intervention for this to happen. The interesting thing about, again, um, how we measure the the differences. Uh, What this government has introduced, and in uh, countries as well is that you need to be paid the same for if you're doing the same type of job. Yeah, a lot of those it's pay illegal gaps, to pay
0: different. Yes, a lot of
1: those pay gap um, data that we get have to do with average. You know how much men and women are paid per hour. So you look at the average, the median. You know, you look all sorts of different ways of calculating it, um, and you know which which is fine, um, but it's really the differential that exists because it's quite a lot of men who have positions right to the top of the pay scale with quite a lot of women actually occupying the greater percentage of the low-paid jobs. It's a
0: structural problem. Yes. So so you don't have
1: enough pilots, for example, Mm. who are women. So uh, in in some of the really major um, airlines, the real problem is, and the Mm. the reason why you have these big differences in pay is because... There pilots. are those people at the top yeah, who yeah. get paid most, and they tend yeah. to be the pilots. Exactly,
0: and, and the, people tend further man, down, man.
1: yeah, yeah tend to be men. And the people further down
0: yeah. are not.
1: I remember actually, I was doing this debate in a university because I did quite a lot of debates across, or talk about the economy generally. But that was a, that was a, a debate on on gender equality, and it was it's quite a top university, and and they have their little uh, you know union where you. Or big union where yeah. you do these debates, and and one chap stood up and and said, and I was doing this debate against some oh, quite right wing sort of females uh, females who who didn't think that we should discriminate in favour of women because. You know, we don't want to appear as victims. Why are we always saying that women are victims? And surely the market would sort itself of out. Oh yeah,
0: she doesn't start. She didn't study sociology ever. You know, like, well, I studied <laughs> <Not to> microeconomics. <laughs> but it
1: was it was yeah. extraordinary because there were men, you know, students, female and male students in the audience, and this one chap stood up uh, while we're having the sort of questions time of the debate, and said, "But surely you can't have more women pilots like." At EasyJet, for example, mm. because what would happen to the safety of the airplanes goodness and flying? Me. And I, I looked at this person and I thought that all the women, the, the, student, the female students, were going to scream and, say, and scream him down or whatever. But no, they all clapped. Oh I lost goodness, that man. debate. Oh, there was the one debate I've ever lost. Vicky, I that like, I was there in I the public. <laughs> he was just extraordinary. Oh my God, it
0: um, is, no, it is very sad, I tell you the truth. I know exactly what you mean when you say this, you know, strong women, right? Because actually, I'm, you know, I'm more on the right side right now in my, you know, life. Because, uh, you know, I'm a CEO, I'm an entrepreneur, you know. I, I definitely uh, value capitalism because it gave me this opportunity. But on the other side, being a strong feminist and understanding, you know, the gaps and the problematics we have, uh, I actually agree with you and I I agree that, you know, we can't let the market completely free. Because if we do so, women are actually the victims for real, you know. And I don't care if a woman is strong and, you know, uh, she can make her career. Uh, We are strong, you know, we made it okay. What does it mean, you know, if you are a policymaker, you should think about the population in its entirety, right? So I'm sorry when these women speak like that because clearly they lack in empathy. You know, they don't think about the other ones. You know, for strong people, we don't really have to make any quarters and law for them, right? <laughs> I think. Well, yes, uh, but or exceptional think... ones. But we have to think about the majority, the average person.
1: There, there is a, a view which is, you know, we could say, it's a sort of right-wing view, if you like, in politics, which is mm-hmm. don't intervene and don't regulate, which is perfectly mm-hmm. understandable. And indeed, there are loads of things you can sort out without doing so. So, for example, naming and shaming in this particular case, yeah. you know, what are you doing in your organisation in terms of paying rent properly? Uh, but we've seen that this works up to a point, but not fantastically well. So, for example, when we started, uh, when the government, anyway, I think I remember I was there at the very, very beginning, when we started um, uh, asking companies to do these pay reviews, it was all on a voluntary basis.
0: Yeah, I know. And
1: hardly any of them did it yeah. so then you know the government moved to you need to put it. some
0: penalty yes yeah. i had
1: gone by then and i was really pleased that then it became no there's no penalty
0: some awards maybe they're, they're not even your yeah. awards
1: that's the real mm. problem it's a requirement to publish okay so i think but it doesn't you seem suggest any penalty in your yeah, book exactly. yeah exactly there yeah. seems to be absolutely nothing once mm. they uh report this huge gap for example mm. in the financial sector there doesn't seem to be any comeback so it's not as if the government says, "Right, uh, all these firms that have these big gaps, we're not going to employ them as contractors." Um, yeah, this for, could be uh, a good yeah. uh,
0: incentive, you know, to or, make them change yeah. or make so them
1: pay more tax or yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so there is really not no comeback. There isn't any any real sort of punishment, if you like. Not that I'm yeah. necessarily suggesting that there should be you know, anything sort of major, but something that actually convinces them.
0: A reward,
1: right? We could could actually reward a good one. It could be carrots, indeed. And the reward is, you do this well, you can be one of our suppliers, or whatever, because you do things in the right way. I mean, after all, we're moving in that direction on the climate change front, on, you know, green firms. So, to a considerable extent, uh, you know, governments are having a role to play in that, too. So, it's a similar thing. So, but but the problem in terms of looking at this from an economic viewpoint, is that we have this huge gap in what the potential of the economy is and what women also can be contributing uh, to the economy, which is not met because of all those constraints, which, as I said, they're called market failures. And those constraints do not allow the capitalist system to work properly because it doesn't clear it. And there could be you know, the biases we talked about before, but if you look across the world, there are things like you know, the, t- the types of jobs that women can have the hours they can work,
0: Yeah. for example, know. It's all together, you know, the traveling makes, they're uh, allowed to do. Yeah,
1: and but then also here in the more advanced places, there's quite a lot of lack of knowledge of what you can do, what particular jobs are all about. this lack of mentoring. We call that information asymmetry in economics. so yeah. you, If you don't know, then you can't act in the
0: right way. You can't make the exactly. right decisions. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and that's why you need to seriously yeah. intervene and of course we it's all know.
0: huge thing. We yeah. should do a huge intervention starting from schools, like primary schools, honestly, because that's when you start, you know, creating the mindset, I think. And then secondary schools and then universities, of course, and as you write, uh, uh, write in your book, you know, we should help, you know, with the career you know choice we should explain to them you know mm. uh, you should do this because in the future you will have more you know money you will have more financial independence uh, also uh, i think we should teach financial budgeting and everything because many people and many students I'm, I'm a mother as well you know i know they have no clue they have no idea they go out from school and university right <laughs> and they they don't know what to do and yeah. you're so right and I think I may have
1: mentioned in the book, but uh, I think at the time I was writing it, there was this letter that appeared um, from from the heads of five business schools, mm. which said that we should be introducing in our MBAs also a module that that tells women in particular yeah. what to expect and what the obstacles are going to be. Yeah, yeah. Because, of course, you leave university thinking you're equal. And of course, that's how they're yes. brought up these days. It's wonderful to watch. Yeah. And then... They gradually see that it isn't anything like and it's easy as And then reality
0: hits you hard. Then because, reality hits you yeah. hard. <laughs> it's not And not it's like really that. hard
1: to react yeah. to having children. Do you, no. you know, withdraw and then lose the chance of, yeah. of you know, progressing? And, and I have five children. And when child number two... Well done, Vicky. Yes.
0: <laughs> well done.
1: <laughs> well, when child number two was um, having, you will experience all this, but was having her his, his second child. So, because I now have quite a lot of grandchildren, I'm not going to give away the number. Um, I
0: love it. I you can't know, wait. It's, it's a,
1: <laughs> double number, um, a double digit number, in a double-digit number. So So, um, she rang me and said, oh, Mom, um, I'm thinking perhaps working part-time with the What second did you tell one. her? You so
0: shouting at her. <laughs> yeah, I said, haven't you read my
1: book? <laughs> you are not going to work part-time. You're going straight back. To work full time and um, interestingly enough she then had another, so she's got three now and she carried on working full time and I'm so glad, really I I made her (laughs) promise me um, that she was never going to do that because I know what the impact is and when I had my children of course when I started you didn't have that ability to you know take time off go back again and i know the law sort of being there to support you but we did it was just beginning to happen the law had been passed You got opportunity call etc etc um and you weren't any longer getting fired for having children or even getting married which used to be the case before it's extraordinary the number of people i met who had kept both the fact that they got married and the fact Vicky. that they had children. I
0: couldn't find a job yeah. after my uni because yeah. I already had two children and I was married. Well, you yeah, <laughs> no I, I, I started my me. university
1: years to have yeah. children as well. I so. know
0: exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, these biases, they're, yeah. they're real. They exist. It's a cultural problem, first of all. It's a real cultural problem. Yeah. Uh,
1: absolutely. And then even now you find uh, in, in quite a lot of interviews, even though it's no longer legal, mm. there was a, a, a survey done of both recruitment firms and also firms, how they, they, they reacted to those people that they put forward to them. And and what we found is that a third of the firms were still asking women how they would, whether they intend to have children, how they would look after them. They weren't That's asking dreadful. the men.
0: yeah.
1: And I'm really hoping that with dreadful. COVID and the way in which now paternity leave is being rolled out so that yeah. the, the, you can share it with a man and as well, that well, will know, change. But they still also ask women
0: it. have to, change in this I tell you the truth because they have to start pretending their husbands or partners to help them sharing the burden of childcare because many times I speak with uh, you know many my employees or maybe uh, some people that I interview and they, they say to me oh but you know I have the child and I'm saying your husband and they're like oh nobody he, he works long hours he doesn't and I'm like is a father, is his child he can do you know something why you have to you know uh, change your career goals so I think women should become also stronger. So it's very good we talk about these topics, you know, and the more the public opinion will change, the more I think women will feel empowered to say this is not fair. We have to share 50, 50%, you know, I do this, you do that, and that's it. Well, I think
1: COVID has yeah. helped on this. And if you For look sure. at people not yeah. being prepared to go back to work or not wanting to go back to work yeah. uh, in person, but actually, yeah. you know, continuing to work online as much as they possibly can, I think that also has changed the structure. Even though, again, the survey suggested that during COVID, most of the burden fell on women still. Yeah, absolutely. And quite a lot of women, because of that burden,
0: yeah.
1: reduced their hours, so therefore got paid less, and have now withdrawn from the market altogether. So there's been
0: That's big... That's terrible.
1: R- so sort of not exactly resignation, as everyone's yeah, talking yeah. about, but actually no longer being inactive. Sorry, no longer being active in the market. So yeah. you're inactive. In other words, you're not even looking for
0: a job. But you know Vicky I also think that we have to be flexible in giving flexibility because for uh, for woman usually is the time after you had children when they are little the more they grow the less they want to see you <laughs> the more they're busy you know that you went through that so i think we're not all equal because i still consider important you know the life in the office sharing even though i have uh, hybrid work as well in my company but still i think we can't do everything online for everyone especially for people who actually can go to the office right so we should be flexible in this sense and be maybe more flexible with a woman who has children, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And I don't want to hear you know, other, maybe, employees being you know, jealous of the flexibility of the woman because she's in a different time of her life. And uh, having children is something good for the society, for everyone, oh, not only for Oh, interesting. Her. Of course, yeah. you know, lots
1: of environmentalists would say, why should we all be producing so many children? So don't. <laughs> if you've heard how many children I have and the come sort of on, number of grandchildren, don't tell anyone.
0: <laughs> everyone knows. <laughs> oh, you're too famous. God, but
1: now, now I said, it. but there yeah. is a there is a problem. We know that the gap in in pay widen significantly when you have your first child and of yes. course it's a real problem yes. also when you have your second. And, and one of the points that, I, that uh, I was touching on about how firms react to
0: uh,
1: women who may be having children or possibly I know, I know. You are
0: discriminated before intended before, because exactly. potentially you can have or All while that. you have, after you
1: have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that same survey suggested that firms took, and people who work in firms, took a worse view of you if you then proceeded to have a second child while you were in that firm. And it's almost, I, when I read that, I I thought perhaps as I was growing up and having all these kids, I must have sensed it because almost, you know, to perfection, although one time I didn't quite do this like that, uh, I had each child in a different place. So you wouldn't be seen as a sort of you know, uh producing you know, child producing constantly. machine constantly, you know. <laughs> Bragg, <yeah? laughs> uh, absolutely. Um and it seems that you're resented if you have a second child.
0: That's
1: bad. in the same firm no. because basically because the costs increase with the firm. So obviously we need to have a system where mm. those costs are somehow covered. Exactly. Um exactly. and of course you if you share the burden with a the man then mm. it isn't you because you know, the, the man can take time off exactly, and of course, absolutely, and look after. And the other thing, of course, that everyone mm. needs, and one of the reasons why women withdraw from the market when um, they have children, particularly if they have more than one, mm. is because of the cost of childcare. So, what I'm suggesting in the book as well is that there should be free childcare. You know, from you know, certainly from one year olds, but if but who will even pay for it? the state, oh, the state, yeah. because you, they get it back through higher growth. Yeah more taxes, more spending, yeah. all that sort of stuff, which, you know, yes. they wouldn't get otherwise. And of course, a happy population and less likelihood of yeah. people falling into poverty. And, you know, think of what you can be making through your, your yeah. career, as I said at the beginning. No, you, it's a huge
0: point, you, it, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, free, not for everyone, right? I think for rich women, uh, it shouldn't be the case. It so. should be
1: free for everyone. If, oh. if you have access
0: mm. to
1: education, irrespective of your income, for free, there is no difference.
0: That's interesting.
1: It doesn't make any sense. Even if your husband
0: is a billionaire.
1: It doesn't mac- matter at all. Uh, because you know, there are not that many billionaires, <laughs> as we know. But if you took that, if you mm. took that um, point through and, and that reasoning, then you would have certainly uh, only you know, private schools only for the rich, which is not the case, of course. Only 7% of kids yeah. still go to private school, a lot of the rest put them through state schools. Yeah. So if you're discriminating that way then it completely sure, kills I understand. Your, your system. Yeah, yeah. So no uh, education is a public good. It's yeah, you know no, and
0: it's fundamental to create like, a say, society that with a brain. Well yes, it's like it's like, one it's like vote charging for a mad man.
1: <laughs> I agree, it's like yeah. wanting to charge more for the tube, so for example, yeah. if you have if you have a lot of money, but what you do instead of course is you you improve the the, the potential of people to contribute. And of course you become yeah. you become better off generally yeah. if you are able to to do the things in life that you'd want to.
0: I made a proposal for the Italian government uh, years ago again when I was running my Think Tank in Italy uh, and we call it bonus care. So the idea was to let the, woman, the working woman uh, deduct 80% of the cost of childcare or elderly care or whatever, you know, care. Um, mm-hmm and have you know this deducted at the end of the year on her tax you know so that would be a huge incentive not let it deducted by the husband never only by the woman in order, you know, to let the economy grow. And we actually did all the calculation. It was quite mm. interesting that uh, the first year, the state would have had less than maybe six uh, six billions, but then the other years it would have had a lot of return in more oh, taxes, it's long-term. The, woman, the womanomics, you know, yeah.
1: It's long-term, there's no so, doubt yeah. about that. It takes time, it is expensive, yeah. but when you look at how much mm. we spend on COVID,
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just a small percentage
1: of that every year until you actually start getting
0: the rewards is is not, you know... No, no, definitely we can do something something and we should just do something. But then we we get to the point that you, again, write about in your book, very important, that until we won't have enough female economists, and I add female politicians, and I also add (laughs) feminist female politicians, who will want... To you know, make these laws. Who will, who will ask for these changes? That's the trick, right?
1: Yes, but we have seen progress, nevertheless. I mean, there are quite a lot more women politicians now. If you look at the European Parliament, I mean, that percentage has increased very significantly. Uh, you have some countries where it's women actually who run them. In, in if you, if you look North at some uh, of the Nordic countries, yeah,
0: absolutely, uh, where even They'd you know the opposition
1: parties are all women as well. So. Things have changed, and what you see in those Nordic countries where you have more women in power is exactly. that they are the more equal. Exactly. So yes, So that's we need how it that works.
0: in the US and the, in the UK as and well. And in the
1: UK, and and that's how it's going to work. Uh, but there is still quite a lot of pressure, nevertheless, coming through, which is good news. Uh, but it is legislation that. Of needs to always change. The
0: real game changer is that legislation, that. yeah. And when then, people don't want to vote, I get mad because I'm like, you know, if you don't vote you will let other people make choices for yourself because anyway someone will make these choices and you will be a loser. At least you have your vote, you know, so use it. It's such a privilege, right? For no, women no. especially, right? <laughs> well,
1: yes, I mean, I think the percentages that I vote now, I mean, it's pretty high uh, among men and women, so they do but do they do it with a full knowledge of what it all means and this is the information asymmetry I was mentioning. Yeah before. it's a very
0: interesting concept and can and you explain a little bit better uh, how do you define in economics uh, this information asymmetry?
1: Well you can look at it on the women uh, point of view from all sorts of different angles so if you don't know what the possibilities are there are there or what goes on in boardrooms if you're not there at all you know what the potential is in various areas. What the the wages may be that you can get in 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 various places. If you're not part of the ruling, you know, yeah. body of a company or anything like that, you can't know what decisions are made and for what reasons. So and you're you always poor,
0: make poor decisions yourself.
1: Yes, you're yeah. always behind the curve, yeah. if you like. And this is very important in economics because you need to make decisions based on information you have, whether it's pricing or supply or whatever, yeah. and you make Knowledge your... Knowledge is power. Exactly. You make your yeah. choices in terms of where you want to go and eat. Absolutely. Very, very simple. If you don't know uh, what there is around you, so if you don't get mentored by somebody mm. who can assist you, yeah. or you don't network so that you know, or there are networking capabilities that allow you to assess you know, whether there is a job somewhere. that.
0: Yeah, you, you can have right about the power of networking and but that you suggest that to all women. Yeah. It's really it's important. I think important.
1: I'm a, I belong to any woman organization I can find. I love it. Because it really, really <laughs> works. I do the same. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the <laughs> yeah. way to, to, yeah. to really know what's yeah. happening. And it can be
0: exhausting sometimes. Oh, yes. Sometimes you have to force yourself to go, right? But then you, you never regret. Yes,
1: yeah. but of course a lot of that networking has been happening online recently because it, of- That helps yes, as well. that helps yeah. because of the time uh, issues, which are always, but my God, face-to-face is so important yeah. as well. So I'm rather glad we get into that position, but the hybrid, I'm a real, uh, you know, yeah, passion absolutely. of hybrid from here on, yeah. about everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Including, Including yeah. networking and and yeah. even mentoring, frankly. Yeah. But I, I was on this, it's quite funny because I was on a, a train going to, to give a talk in Birmingham whenever it was, pre, pre-COVID. And then this, this woman started talking to me, you know, quite young, um, and then she recognized who I was. By the time we arrived in Birmingham, I had become her mentor. So I love it. We <laughs> were talking about it, so we, we she was trying to decide what to do next. She was working for one part of the government. Uh, so I gave her some advice and communicated a little bit, and I hope it actually worked. So sometimes this mentoring needs to be quite short term. Yeah. You give someone some advice At other times you carry on for longer because they're going through various phases and what you find is that many of these people become lifelong friends and also the younger they look at opportunities as well they look at things in a different way and you learn so much from that as well so it's so important we should all do it so you you bridge that information gap by uh, ensuring that yeah, that and this you, you is you give them that yeah. knowledge so, which they wouldn't have otherwise.
0: Yeah, but this is what we can do as individuals. But of course, you also suggest transparency, right? Oh yes, and including including important.
1: wage transparency. Exactly,
0: so, <laughs> I love that as well. <laughs> well, there are some
1: places in again in in uh, Scandinavia. They already do Denmark, that. Yes, where okay. where you you can find out exactly what everyone is earning because of their tax returns. You can ask for them, you can know what your neighbour is earning, exactly. You can certainly know what your next door... It's not risky
0: from a security point of view. I'm a little bit scared about that.
1: Yes, I suppose so, because you know, you mean that somebody will find out how rich you are and come and burgle your house. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible, but it's a bit more of an equal Mm. society perhaps than Nordic. And in the current yeah, countries and than else. Maybe they're
0: also more peaceful.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but you could find they have restricted it a little bit, mm. maybe for those reasons. And you have to explain why you want it and who you are, who's asking for it before you get it. So they've made it a little bit. But okay. so that's the, the one issue in terms of finding out, you know, across, you know, all these people. But individual companies can do it, of course. And yeah, and they can do
0: internally and maybe yes. uh, just write in the, the sex of the person, you know, and uh, which the they, initials.
1: they they do. Um there was mm-hmm. the example I have in the book is of this um company in Denmark which looked and published the the what he was paying men and women separately. Okay. Not each individual, each but indiv- men and yeah, women. Yeah and just tracked how they were moving. And you what you could see is that the men were always getting bigger pay rises than the women. So um instead of then saying, okay, now we need to sort of publicly pay mm. the women more, they reduced the wages mm. of the men and they all left. Or whatever <laughs> it was. So which is actually what's happening at the BBC. Yeah,
0: I know. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Where of course it was one yeah. of the companies that also yeah. had to announce its pay differentials in this particular case person by person and it was extraordinary what well, they all found, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the BBC was sued by some of the women presenters. Yeah. But what the BBC but did originally is yeah. take away some money from the men yeah. instead of giving some money to the women. And then yeah. that was huge outcry.
0: But, you know, of course, I, I don't know the, the balance of the BBC, but from an entrepreneurial point of view, I understand that maybe you don't really have the money, you know, to double the big gap, you know. So, of course, uh, you understand you, did it too, you went too far and so you prefer to reduce them and maybe hire the you know the salary of the woman.
1: Yes, but if balance. we did that, that was fine. But <clears throat> it seems that in this particular company wasn't done.
0: Yeah.
1: And, but there have been a number of cases, of course, that uh, have been um, uh, started against various companies for doing precisely that. So we've had it with some of the supermarkets here, yeah. where the judgment has gone in favour of the women who work as cashiers, um, because they found that. The, the men yeah. who worked in the warehouse, you know, stocking things. And
0: they will things. be all replaced by robots one day. They
1: will, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah. And that's one of the problems of where women work, yeah. in very insecure places like that, which indeed yeah. are going to already are. It's also are. this
0: a big issue, and you write about that in the book as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: And um, what is happening then is that for some of those companies, the amount they have to pay back is enormous. It's in the yeah. billions. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not affordable It's difficult. It's not, it's affordable, difficult. It's not yeah. affordable. And yet the law says that you have to pay for the same thing. But the way the companies are interpreted, it was one cashier against another. But no, it's got to be an equivalent job. So you can look at different uh, different bits, that uh, different things that people do, different bits of the organisation, they're paying where there are just men and places where there's women. And you can look at whether it's an equivalent job. Yes. And you then can sue if Mm. you think that, or if somebody can prove, that the jobs are equivalent, and they've been paying so much more to the men than to the women, even though it's equivalent. So, for example, cleaners in one place in the UK working for the council, mostly (laughs) women, and and rubbish collectors.
0: The cleaners were earning less.
1: (laughs) A third less. Sorry, yes, they were earning a third of the men, not just a third less. It's a lot less. If I remember correctly. So there are some some really well-known cases, but it was either a third less or a third. But I think it was actually they were getting a third of the men.
0: But I think that's why also we pay so low nurses, because the majority of them, they're uh, female, honestly. If they were men, I'm sure 100%, their salaries would be higher.
1: Worldwide, 70% of all health and care workers uh, are women, which is extraordinary. And of course, we talk about issues here, but a lot of those constraints and issues are much much worse elsewhere and and what the international institutions do is they they look at all those yeah. barriers, these obstacles on a yearly basis to see whether they're changing or not and I'm afraid loads of them are still there which is a problem and they've also calculated the huge uh, welfare improvement that would happen if the w- women's employability moved in line with what it should be of course. Or and it's for the developed countries as well if women entrepreneurs received or looked at in the same way as men entrepreneurs in terms of venture capital and other money that yeah, would come there to is, them. Yeah, there are obstacles Huge. everywhere,
0: yeah, financial and obstacles. Absolutely, yeah. but, the,
1: but the impact on the economy is so important. Yeah, so basically the thesis of the book is that, of course, you know, capitalism gives you all sorts of advantages generally and you have, you know, more prosperity and so on. But it hasn't been particularly good for women's seniority uh, and it needs, where it has been, it has been with the help of, of the government, of course, yeah. uh, which has sort of intervened and sort of got us there. Yeah. But that, if you look at obviously the feminist movement, you said you're a feminist, of course, and the Me Too movement, which have been very important, they have focused very much on, and the reason why there's an issue for women is because of this balance of power. So the power is yeah. the other way. Uh, obviously, a lot of this harassment would not be happening if women were more it's, it's i mean I'm just to say that women power, cannot okay. also harass I presume yeah. they would, but what's happening right now is that there isn't equality in that in that area so not only in my view is it absolutely important from an economic viewpoint so there's a real economic rationale for gender yes. equality but also race equality and everything else um that people have been talking about um but also that you're not going to get the 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 results of what the feminists would like to see which is equality if you like equal if you opportunities don't, equal yeah. opportunity. I if think you,
0: equality doesn't it's not very really yes. natural okay. uh, equal
1: opportunity yeah. equality in treatment is really what i meant and you're yeah. quite right equality treatment if you don't also get the economic empowerment there. So without course, economic it's empowerment,
0: absolutely. it's
1: gonna carry on. So you have a double rationale yeah. for wanting to look at things differently.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But of course you you think about a third way, right? Because socialism's here, capitalism's here, so you would like to find a third way, correct? Yes, but we mustn't forget that even when we talk about
1: um, capitalism we're not talking about societies where there isn't any government intervention. I mean, everything that, that happens—there is already, yeah—everything that happens is, is regulated. I mean, health, yes. uh, and,
0: and care. I mean, it's just the, a matter of will: what you want to regulate, yes, which category you want to, uh, you know, help more. True, uh, but you regulate
1: the whole economy anyway. Yes. And we, if you look at the FTSE 100, which is the, the biggest companies in the UK. And you look, I mean, look at oil and gas right now and all the discussions that are going on there. You know, There could be all sorts of taxes. They're, they get different tax treatment, which is usually worse in the sense that they have to pay more sure. on good years. Uh, we're not talking about windfall profits taxes. On, it's already been imposed in Italy, yeah. uh, as you know. So the government steps in. So if there is not enough competition, the government steps in. There are competition regulators around. They can make companies pay fines or even split them. So if they abuse their monopoly power, uh, then you have all the pharmaceutical companies that have to accept various price restrictions and, of course, all the health requirements that are there. Then you have defence companies. You know, we've got now everyone's going to spend more on defence, but they're very directly controlled or they depend particularly On government purchases, of course. So financial sector, really very tightly regulated. Yeah, it's an illusion that it's, it's a, not. I mean, to uh, think that uh, yes, yeah. to think that we are in a society where we just let the market rip, if you like, it, it may happen for a little while in some sectors, but very quickly the government then intervenes because, of course, you know, you can make exceptional profits at the expense of whoever. Look at all those mis-selling scandals yeah. and exactly. and so on. So it is a myth to think sure. that that we. We are in a society where we, we, you know, the government doesn't intervene. It does. And just as you were saying, the question is, does it intervene in the right way to get the best out of the economy? And in yeah. the field of the majority of the population, which is women, yeah, it doesn't do the right thing. It does a certain amount, but it needs to do a lot more.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Maybe we should call it a feminist capitalism? What do you think? (laughs) Feminist capitalism, yes,
1: but then we will really be attacked. So we have to watch it.
0: (laughs) I know, but you're not scared of being attacked, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think
1: uh, a lot of the men are behind this as well. So we really are talking about equal opportunities, as you were saying. Yes. Uh, Gender and general equality is, is really what I like to think of it as. And not ending up with such a large part of the population, much more in danger of falling into poverty yeah. uh, than,
0: than... Especially single mothers. Uh, I, I saw that the data about single yes. mothers is very... Yeah, of course. Very worrying, yeah.
1: So, uh, which, is, which is a serious worry because, of course, it affects mm. you know, social cohesion. And it's quite interesting, again, because uh, the World Economic Forum, which now has had a virtual meeting this time in January, produces this global risks report as well and it asks lots of experts and uh, the interesting thing is that the the top five included concerns about social cohesion yeah because of course everything that's happening right now in terms of the cost of living crisis and so on who is it affecting it's affecting in particular the lower paid uh, part of the community and who are the lower paid women overpopulate that category yeah. so we're once again in a position where we can see that the impact of everything that's happening hits Absolutely. women in particular in a, in, a, in a very negative way and so we owe it really to to them, us, yeah. but also I think the economy to look at Women in a very different way to ensure that they have the right position. One hundred percent,
0: especially mothers, because you know if we don't intervene, these children, you know, they might become also delinquents in the future because it's so connected. You know, poverty, the mold, even the mold in the house is connected with your brain development. I read studies that are astonishing. You know, the the nutrition of the mother. You know, if she smokes, you know, she's uh, she's not uh, you know eating properly. You know, and the education, of course, after. So it's all connected. We have
1: to be a bit careful that mm-hmm. we don't put all the, 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 the burden on the mother to behave in a certain way. No, no, what no, you of, you course. Find, of course. Of course, but what you find, it's all linked, because what you find, and, and you're quite right, is that the, 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 the study suggests that the, the poorer the environment, or yeah, the more poverty, difficult the, the environment problem. is yeah. for children to study, if uh, yeah. they're more constrained in terms of space, then their outcomes at school are also worse. Yeah. So and once your outcomes from school are also worse, then your chances in life are also worse. Yeah. So indeed, so how you start is seriously important. Hence, you know, free childcare to allow people to, to the woman to work more easily to have access to whatever yeah. it is, even education, of course. And here in the UK, we cut back the amount we're putting into. Mature students and to in, for a healthy democracy, education, education is
0: fundamental. Yes, fundamental because people vote, and, and can you imagine <laughs> a majority of brainless people, were not educated how they can vote? You know, and who they can vote? It's very dangerous. Well, it's not just
1: the education. It, again, it's information. It's how you get all that information through. Yes. And you get much more information. But I think
0: if you have a good education, you can fight against fake news more than even if you don't have the instruments, right?
1: I just don't know. I think there are so many biases around still. Uh, So ideology and so on, that even if you're well educated, you might might still believe various things that others Mm. perhaps do not. And I don't know. I think it's more the issue of just giving you enough information to make decisions. You may still make the wrong decision. Of course. And you're allowed yeah. to make their own decision. Yeah. <laughs> but at least, you know, you have the ability. At least you have we did everything. To it's try, a little bit yeah. like opportunity. So many women may still yeah. decide not to work. But then you have a choice. Yeah, of course. Not to work. Not absolutely. forced not to work. Yeah, or absolutely. think it's a choice, but actually... You're you put into that position,
0: yeah. or maybe be free to get into the l- labour market after, right? After you had children. Well,
1: which is incredibly difficult because exactly. once you you have that break, you can't very. It's very difficult to get back to your earlier, tra- uh, you know, income know. trajectory, and it also varies, funnily enough, from um, country to country, society to society. The place where what we call the so the, 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 the motherhood penalty. Yes. Being greatest mm. is strangely enough in places like Germany and Austria. It's because of the traditional values of whether you should be at home yeah. with a child. In fact, or we, not. we
0: didn't speak about uh, religion. You know, yes. religions have a huge impact on cultures, and of course, it's the you know the place yes. of the woman.
1: Of course. Well, um, yeah. maybe originally, a, originally, another another I'm originally Greek oh, Orthodox, <laughs> of course, and you're a a Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Originally,
0: uh, yes. Another Originally, another, yes. Really, yeah. So
1: yes, we've we've had to deal with all the, these things as well. Exactly. But the interesting thing is that uh, certainly, if we touch religion on religion for just one second, at least. Yes, please. Um, yes. Through my lifetime, I have seen the Greek Orthodox religion really move into the 21st century, with all sorts of, of, of you know, different ways of of, That's good. of, of looking That's good. at people. And, and people are quite liberated as a result. Certainly this yeah. is what I find whenever I visit exactly. Greece. The, the younger generation is just completely different yeah. to how it was before. And that gives me a huge amount of hope. So yes, yeah. we're talking about some slight negative things about women, but the interesting thing mm. is that as, as um, girls and boys grow up now, they do feel, as I was saying earlier, that they're equal and yes. they, they find it yeah. strange to think that this isn't the case. It is our duty as all the people to make sure that those, those hopes they have and those ambitions are, are met and we don't put things that just come in their way and act as obstacles. Because we'll all suffer.
0: Yeah, but I have a lot of hope for the future, Vicky. Yeah. That's very good. But well, yeah. that is
1: basically, yeah, yeah. I presume, where you'd want to end this <laughs> exactly. this conversation. So that we are yeah, looking yeah, yeah. at we it from a positive way. We need to give
0: hope to our public, especially yes. to the girls listening. Very good. Yeah, no, but thank you so much, Vicky, for being here. Because I know you're super busy. Uh, oh, I loved that yeah.
1: conversation. Uh, it was really great. I See love you it again.
0: too. Thank you, Vicky. And I hope you will come back very soon, maybe with your next book.
1: Thank you very much. Well, the next book is called "Yeah, How to be a Successful Economist. Would you believe it?
0: Oh, that's fantastic. So that <laughs>
1: is it's coming out um, later in the year or early next year. I
0: like the title. So you will have a place here on the White Sofa thank you. with me. Uh, Brilliant. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you very much. Thank you everyone for being here with us today. Don't forget to buy Women Versus Capitalism because you can learn so many interesting things and you can start debating about that with your partner, with your daughter, with your son, with your friends. It's very, very useful. And I think it's very important. We all have this knowledge. Don't forget to share with all your friends on all your social media and stay tuned for many other amazing guests very soon. Bye.